This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 263 of the Stacey West podcast, your premium Lincoln City podcast. Uh, my name is Gary Hutchinson and I am stuck in that weird half space between Christmas and New Year where you don't know what day it is, you don't know what time it is and the only barometer you have is football which is played on a Friday evening. Joining me this evening, this morning, the afternoon, who knows, is Charlie Beeston. How are you doing mate? I'm very well, thank you. It was quite handy having the Bolton game be a Tuesday, though, so it kind of gave me a little bit of normality. But like I say, Northampton's going to throw it out yeah. again. We always play on a Tuesday at three o'clock, don't we? Always, constantly. Yeah. It, 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 it's confusing, though, isn't it? And, yeah. and like you begin to lose track because you think, oh, I've got all this time in between Christmas and New Year. We're recording now on the 28th, potentially. Yeah. Um, is it 28? We'll it might it. be. Yeah, uh, it's two days since Bolton. Yeah, yeah. there we go. And then we play on the 29th. We've got something special that we're going to announce. So there'll be another podcast coming out the next day as well. And it's all, it is, it's just that Chris would call it the half space, wouldn't he? We've got to get in that half space between Christmas and New Year and just exploit that time yep. properly um, to create some chances. And it's not XG we're talking about. It's XP, as in expected pods. Um, and there's quite a few. There is a, quite a few. So just for those people who are listening, this is a podcast. Um, this is, will be going out on the 28th. So if you're listening, you could be listening to this the same day um, that we're recording it. And if you are right now, I'm probably tucking into our Christmas dinner because we're, I'll go into what's happened in a minute, but we're having a nice Christmas dinner this afternoon. Tomorrow, Charlie and myself are going to be going down to Central Bank, but we're not going down at 7.45, Charlie, are we? We are not, and we're not going down early just to get on the piss either. We've uh, got a very, very good opportunity to sit down and have a chat with Lincoln City's very own Harvey Jabara. Yep, so we're going to be interviewing Harvey, and then we're going to be putting that out straight away. So that should be coming out um, before the game tomorrow night. So if you go in heading off to the game, you, we're hoping to get sort of 30, 40 minutes with Harvey, fingers crossed, um, and there'll be an opportunity to listen to that on the way to the game. We're then going to do the monthly review show. That's YouTube only. Charlie and Chris will be doing that, and that's when they'll be talking about half spaces and getting in behind and all of the other things that baffle most people. Um, that's going to be going out. There. That should be out on New Year's Eve, around sort of middle of the day, early afternoon. 
brilliant New Year's Eve middle of the day. There will then not be a podcast that's going to review the um, Northampton game and look ahead to the Blackpool game. There just isn't time to record it. And there's only so many hours in the day for you guys to listen to us. So then we're going to be coming back after the Blackpool game with our usual, and I don't know what day the Blackpool game is on. Is it a Tuesday? It's on a a Monday, so I believe we're looking at a Tuesday pod. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll be going back probably to the Wednesday, Thursday pod, won't we? And, and, And slipping into something a little bit more comfortable and familiar. Slipping into something comfortable. Well, indeed, <laughs> easy now, <laughs> easy now. Because when I came on, we we record and me and Charlie can see each other. And when I came on, Charlie's camera was all just a little bit steamed up, and I was a little bit concerned <clears throat> about that. Charlie, I'd kept you waiting, hadn't I? Had you got a bit bored? Well, what can I say? I had a spare 15 20 minutes. I normally only need five, but I thought I'd have a bit of a lengthier one today. Uh, and it's with three minutes and 24 in, so why not immediately start talking about self-abuse? Because I wondered, and with, with the greatest respect, we're allowed to, to joke about this a little bit. I wondered if Charlie needed um, audio descriptive porn, because for those mm. who, some people who listen, actually, Charlie, don't know that that you are blind. And a lot no. of people didn't know that. Well, even, um, I think, Adam, who records the Real EFL podcast with you, <laughs> went, he's recorded the podcast with you for about, what, two months? And he went, yeah, yeah. Charlie's blind. Um so audio descriptive porn, you said, who would you like to narrate your audio well, descriptive porn? I, I can tell you now, and I won't tell you how I know this, but it does exist. Um, there is <laughs> specifically a category, if you scroll down far enough, um, I, I, I said it's basically just David Attenborough doing voiceovers, talking about uh, two people in their natural habitats, or maybe even three if you're lucky. Uh, yeah, or the unnatural <laughs> habitat for the really spicy stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think I think if, if I had to have audio descriptive porn, I'd quite like Brian Blessed. Um, and I think oh. he's dead, so he, he, he can no, he's not actually... Dead. Is he not? He's not dead. Nope. Do you know what? I Actually, that, that that's a mistake I made once before. I once did an article that said Dave Whelan was dead when I was writing for Ladbrokes. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he wasn't. They came back, he's like, Dave Whelan's not dead. You can affect the stock market with stuff like that. And so hopefully Brian Blessed... If if Pornhub or or I don't know any other porn channels, obviously Charlie will be able to let you know some. Um, yeah, they might be able to get might be able to get Brian Blessed well, on. To be fair, I mean, in the age of sort of uh, AI dubbed sort of new content that's coming out, you could probably get anybody to do it. Have you never have you never seen these videos where they kind of they're able to effectively make anybody say anything through? Yeah, through I, AI I, now. yeah. Not, so not, could... not in the context of porn, Charlie. But yes, I have seen well, otherwise. The, the... Funnily enough, neither in that context. But you know, it's it's an opportunity. There's a market there. Hey, are there some new content for the state? No, never mind. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So very, very quickly, it is Christmas, or it has been Christmas. We're in the half space. Um, did you have a good Christmas, Charlie? Did you have a nice Christmas day? I did. It was quite quiet. I didn't really do too much. Went down to the pub for a couple of hours at uh, at lunchtime just to get out of the house. And then it was it was just all about Boxing Day. That's that's all I was really looking forward to. Good, good. I mean, yeah, seeing as you asked, Charlie, it's very good of you, but I had a, a, an indifferent Christmas. <laughs> oh, I didn't ask. No, you're right. No, I know you didn't. Um, <laughs> so I was I was poorly uh, at Christmas, and Fee was as well. So I, I went out on my own for Christmas dinner at my dad's, left Fee here, which was, was unnatural. And then Boxing Day, we were both ill. So um, but we're fighting through it now. But I got this great present. It's a mouse, but the clicks are silent. So if you've ever sat here when oh. we're talking stats and in the background you can hear click, 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 that's because I'm going through Y Scout. Normally when Ben's talking, looking for something interesting um, or, or even just half interesting. But I'm doing it right now and you can't hear it. So 
That's my that favourite present. Is so much better. I because uh, I'm now at home again, not not at uni at the minute. I've got a very loud clicker mouse, uh, and I'm always sort of conscious that I'm making a lot of noise with it. I can never hear it personally, but good. Six good. minutes forty-two seconds in. I think that is the sum total of time that Lincoln City had the ball on Boxing Day against what can only really be described as an utterly dominant Bolton Wanderers team. Before we start. I do want to stress that that isn't a huge amount of difference from last Christmas when we played them at Sinsel Bank and we had a man sent off and we drew one all. The numbers are so very similar in terms of XG, in terms of shots and in terms of possession. And I know people will then say, well, we haven't made any progress. But when we played Bolton last Christmas, we had relatively full strength team out, didn't we? I think we had Ben House was playing and et cetera, et cetera. So... It's hard. It's, it's not much of a barometer, granted. Charlie, there's obviously a major talking point in this, but I don't want to go straight there because I did that on my match report. So let's look at the first 70 minutes. First half, we were good, not great. And I think what, what we were really good at was what we expected to be good at. The things that we were good at last Christmas it, it was very much that kind of defensive third and that middle third. I thought out of possession, we were really solid. Now, talking out of possession and in possession and splitting it up into two separate things is something that you very much have to do in football. But I know it's not something that everybody kind of likes hearing about. So I'm, I'm going to just dive straight into the in possession stuff, I think, because that's the sort of thing that, I, especially at home games, you're going to want to see. Now, I didn't actually think we were too bad in possession in the first half. I think there was quite a few comments that, that we were quite poor. And, and yes, to a certain extent. I think when we got the ball, we were able to keep hold of possession reasonably well in certain areas. But it was always, and unfortunately, this is very much a bit of a recurring theme on this podcast at the minute. We'll get into 25 yards out and then that's it. We don't seem to be able to break through anything further. Uh, I think Bolton were good. They created some chances, but none of them were really high quality chances in the sense that I think between us being quite solid defensively, I think Pordy made a, a really good last sort of ditch challenge at one point. And actually, I think they were quite poor in their finishing at times, Bolton, on the Tuesday. So I think on the on, on the balance of it going into halftime, nil-nil was actually probably quite a fair result. Then in the second half, again, we I think we came out and we clearly wanted to get something from the game. Skubala mentioned it in his uh, post-match press conference about the fact that we changed something at halftime to try and maybe get a little bit more of the ball, but actually do more with it when we had the ball, try to kind of penetrate their defensive line. Now, obviously, it didn't necessarily happen, but we had our chances. Sean Rowan's chance, I think, is probably one of the best for us. Uh, it wasn't outside of the outside of the sh uh, box shot. That's the words I'm looking for. And it was really, really close. It just whistled past the sort of top corner bar post, that sort of area. Um, it was a really good opportunity. I think if that goal went in, we'd have won that game 1-0 because we'd have still had 11 men on the pitch. And I think we'd have held out. Obviously, that wasn't the case, though, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, the first half actually is interesting um, because Bolton had four shots and there was only one on target. And it wasn't it wasn't tested. I, I might. Sorry, I've got, I'm still a little bit chesty and poorly. Um, I might anger some people there. I thought we were excellent in the first half in seventy percent of the field. I thought TJ had a really good game defensively. I thought we marshalled them well. We let them have possession, but it wasn't possession that that they could hurt us with. Okay, we we very rarely ventured ventured forward ourselves. But this is 
you know, I keep saying it. <clears throat> We've got Joven up top, who, with the greatest respect to him, still needs a season or two in the National League and to, in Ireland or wherever in order to develop as a player. It's with Ted Bishop, kind of, well, I mean, to be fair, we, we were almost playing a 5-4-1, weren't we, with Hamilton pushing forward. We, we had one, really, on the forward line. Um, but it was with, you know, a Ted Bishop who, I think you can afford to have Ted Bishop and Danny Mandroyo in the squad. I'm not sure if you can afford to start a game at the minute with Ted Bishop and Danny Mandroyu in the team together because mm. I think what they bring is very similar. And I think if we've got decent options, maybe we we wouldn't have had to start <coughs> start with the two of them. Um, but I thought we were good. And OK, our XG was 0.14. Theirs was 0.55. They had more possession. We come in at half-time. I thought, get a point out of this. And it's, it's a good point. And then, as you say, we came out in the second half. And I think we 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 did look a little bit more lively. I, you know, when Michael says we went to try and win the game, you know, it wasn't breathtaking end to end stuff. But up until seventy five minutes, so bear in mind that's that's what up until uh, Danny Mandroy was sent off, we had had two shots, one on target. Bolton had had two shots, none on target. We were going to draw that game. We might have snatched it, but we were on for drawing that game. It's the exact same. Po- performance we put in against Ipswich last season against mm-hmm. Barnsley last season against Ipswich home and away to be fair yeah, against yeah. Bolton at ours last season it was a good performance up until 70 minutes it was it, and I, it I don't was. care what anyone says it wasn't an attacking performance but it was a good away performance even though we were at home <laughs> and that's what you have to do sometimes against the bigger clubs in it absolutely I think we'd have all taken a point at uh, three o'clock on Tuesday and we'd have definitely all taken a point at half time We'd have all taken a point at 70 minutes. We'd have all taken a point to every single moment through that game. We would have all been really, really happy with the point. And I agree. I think it was a really good performance, especially that first 75 minutes. And actually, it wasn't even that bad of a performance in the final sort of 20 minutes of the game either, when you include stoppage time. It was. And this is what we're talking about when we say that this was a game-changing moment. We did lose those points because of that red card. I don't think there's any denying that. You said it against uh, Burton when it was, funnily enough, also Danny Manjoy who got sent off. You said that he'd cost us the points that day. I actually disagreed at the time. Uh, I didn't have a chance to come on the podcast and say because I think it was Chris after the Burton pod with yourself. But I didn't blame Danny Manjoy for losing, for sort of us losing those points, purely for the fact that I felt that we could and maybe would have lost that game anyway. Felt that, you know, I, I, I just felt that uh, they were probably slightly better and we were quite poor. But at the same time, I was was saying that maybe from a bit of a point of bias, you know, I can be self-aware in the fact that I was feeling disillusioned with Mark Kennedy's Lincoln City at the time. So maybe it was the fact that I was looking to not blame a singular player and I was looking to blame the outfit, if you like, of Mark Kennedy's Lincoln City at the time. So, you know, there is sort of swings and roundabouts with that. But I think against Bolton Wanderers, that red card 100% cost us. They brought on the attacking changes. They then just hit us with a barrage of chances consistently. Um, you know, you'll have the stats up of how many chances they had after sort of the 75th minute or whatever. Absolutely plentiful. And they got the goal from it. There wasn't really much that we could have done in that scenario, even though every single player on, that was still on that pitch, I think Michael Skibala put it perfectly, they were warriors. They were. So <clears throat> up until the sending off possession, we'd had 41% to their 58 so that had increased significantly. So we had been better. We hadn't created, and that we're going to come back. We'll, we'll come back to that in a moment because that is a that is a, a kind of it's over everything. It's a cloud over everything. We're not creating chances. I, I get that. 
everything else that we did was right and we restricted them. And if you then talk about the last 15 minutes of the game, bear in mind, up until Mandroya has been sent off, they've had two chances, both off target, and I can't remember them. Um, they had 12 efforts at goal, one on target, which was the one that went in. It's a fair sending off as well, isn't it? I mean, there was some debate at the time. As, as people know, I was watching on iFollow. I wasn't well enough to attend the game. And I, do you know what? I could see it unfolding. The ball's come out. I think it's TJ may have played it out. I could see Mandroyu going for it. I thought he thinks there's a break on here. I'm going to play devil's advocate because Danny Mandroyu was being painted as the devil incarnate, should never play for the club again. I thought he'd had a good game, by the way, up until the sending off. Mm -hmm. He's going for the ball. It's mistimed. It's bad. He's not trying to hurt the player. It's a terrible tackle, but he's launched himself in because he thinks if we break here, bear in mind 11 v 11, we've had more We've had more possession than we had in the first half. We've had as many shots, one on target, which they haven't had. It looks like we can go and win this game. That's what he's going out for. And I think when the ball goes away from him, it's just stupidity, frustration. I don't know. He carries on and it looks like a horrendous tackle. Um, but it's a red card in it all day long. Absolutely, I think the worst part of watching it, like like I say, I um, I was sat there in the stadium, and I have the audio descriptive commentary, you know, and they were just screaming, "He didn't touch him! He didn't touch him!" All this, like, right, okay. So I went back and and uh, you know, a lot of people did, by the way, feel that in real time. Uh, but then you put the clip in the group chat, watched it back, clear as day, red. Unfortunately, he's gone. He's on studs up. Two feet in, it, it, it is a red card. But what's the most kind of frustrating and annoying part watching it back is that period between where the Bolton man knocks the ball away and then Danny Mandroyu is obviously still sliding in. That little bit just seems to take an age. Now, I know that Danny, he, he'll have been going at full speed. He wouldn't have had a chance to pull out or whatever. But it, it was just, it felt like it was a five-second period between the ball being knocked away by the Bolton man and Danny actually making contact. And look, yes, the Bolton man made a meal out of it, but it was a red card. I I mean, I've just watched it again because I obviously recorded it on iFollow to send mm -hmm. to you guys. And it's actually a one-footed tackle, but the problem is as he goes through with one foot, he then brings his other one through to yeah. make it at the point of contact appear like it's two-footed. So I suppose it's a, it is a two-footed tackle, but when he originally goes, it's with the one. And I think he just catches the guy's heel. People are saying they didn't touch him. I, I think he touched him. And it's like when you stub your toe. When you first stub your toe, you pull it back, you go, ah, oh, and then you start hopping around and you reach for your toe. And for me, actually, people say, I say he made a meal of it because he did. He went down like he'd been shot. But I, yeah. his reaction was consistent with if he had mm. just been caught. And if he's just been caught with the stud, he's pulling his ankle away. Fair pace. Um, it wasn't TJ, by the way, who cleared it. I think it was Sean Rowan. Um it's a red card. And, and look, after that, you could almost write the game off. In that last um, section of the game, mm. they had 85%, well, 86, 85.95% possession. They had 125 passes, 111 were accurate. We played 24 passes, 13 being accurate. Yeah, in terms of losses, and bear in mind, this isn't just tackles. It's when you're in possession and lose possession. 22 for us 23 for them so we had 20 we, had, we played 24 passes we we're 14 percent possession in 15 minutes so what a minute 14 percent do you know what i mean a couple a minute yeah, or two yeah and we lost yeah. the ball but we were warriors and we fought and then at the end of the day it's bolton deserved the win i'm not saying anything else 
No, they they absolutely do. And I, and I just want to make a couple of points. I think, first of all, in terms of them being warriors, now you won't have seen this on the iFollow cameras, but it was literally right in front of where I sit in sort of lower six. Um, Alex Mitchell, end of the game. He he collapsed on the floor, throwing his shin pad down. He he was absolutely fuming. And that's that's exactly what I want, because that he was part of the whole defence that were Warriors for, for those full 90 minutes, you know, but especially that those kind of final 20. And for them to have been so distraught in the way that they were, they all collapsed when the goal went in. But then at the end of the game, to still be carrying that anger, that's something I, I very much want. And that's from a lone player, by the way. So I, I just very much wanted to, to mention that for those that may not have seen it. Um, but also on Danny Mandroyum, I think it is sort of worth having, you know, sort of mentioning that I, th- I felt he was having a good game before, you know, what happened. And I think there's a little, there's been a lot of overreaction um, from, from fans, probably some of those fans that maybe overreacted on the day may even look back now and say, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe me saying that he should never play again or anything like this was a bit too far. And I get it. it it's anger and it's frustration at the time. For me, I think Danny Mandroyu is the sort of player that's going to stand out in a good side, not necessarily stand out in a bad side. Now, what I mean that's in terms of attacking threat. What I mean by that is not that he's going to stand out negatively in a good side, but it's going to stand out over and above a side that's being able to show attacking threat on a consistent basis because he's got the technical ability to create. That doesn't always mean he's got the technical ability to sort of A, create a chance out of nothing or put the ball away. He did a couple of really nice turns and passes and such, but just to nobody, unfortunately, nobody was running on. I feel like if we were... If we were playing that kind of Michael Appleton playoff season with Danny Mandroyu in the side instead of, let's say, a Morgan Rogers, we'd all be praising Danny Mandroyu massively that season. But at the minute, because we're struggling in the attack, I just don't think he's really able to stand out and he's not being able to create high-quality chances, less because of himself, but more because of those around him. It's a great point, Charlie. It's a great point. And it's very, very rare... That I sort of stand here and, and sit here and 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 say that, and it's not because I'm so arrogant that I make all the good points, but it's exactly what I've been thinking. Um, Danny Mandroyu was superb for us in August. There's no mm-hmm. doubt whatsoever. And yeah. what did we have in August? We had Tyler Walker, we had Rico Hackett, we had Ben House, we had Ted Bishop fit coming off the bench, and he was excellent. You look back at the Wickham and the Blackpool games, Mandroyu was superb. It all started going wrong away at Shrewsbury when he had to have the injection, he got injured. He didn't wave to some fans as he came off. And, you know, fans are entitled to a wave when somebody comes off. That, that's fine. I, I get it. You know what? They, they think he's got an attitude problem. Some people do. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, and, and whether they do or they don't, whatever. But you're quite right. When Lincoln City have, are at full strength, Danny Mandroyu's passes have the intelligence mm. on the other end of them from the runners. And I actually think... We talk about Ben uh, Ben House and Tyler Walker being injured. I think the biggest loss for us this season has been Rico Hackett um, because he makes the runs. He was intelligent. He could nip in behind. He'd run the channels. He'd run all those little half spaces. You know, he's a man you want at a party between Christmas and New Year. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah, yeah. He's been a big, big loss. Yes, of course, Ben House and Tyler Walker, but they wouldn't both be starting. Actually, they'd be, they'd be swapping round. So we're actually two players down, mm. and Mandroyu is the third. I now think 
that actually Danny Mandroyu's kind of got a redemption story to come. And people are mm -hmm. saying he should never play for the club again. Hakiba Delican was off getting a drink of water when we got knocked out the EFL trophy two seasons ago, and, and people were happy for him to come back and play again. I think it's absolutely crazy to say that. If it's Jack Diamond, you say Jack Diamond should never play for the club again because of what he's been accused of. I buy that. I get that. But for a player who's made a tackle on a football pitch that has cost us a point, I believe we draw that game without him. But he hasn't done it, as people were saying, so that he can get New Year off and go to Dublin. He hasn't done it for his own ends. He's done it because he's trying to win the ball. And it's really... Why Why do we have to have a scapegoat? He's, okay, I, I, sorry, I'm getting wound up. No, I understand no, I... it. So he's got sent off. He's made the tackle. He's got sent off. We can blame him for that. We can. We can blame him for that. I don't... I, I've got no problem. I did it. But it doesn't mean that Daniel Danny Mandroyo is a bad person. It doesn't mean he's a bad footballer. You know, he has struggled a little bit for fitness since the play since Tyler Walker and Ben House and Rico Hackett have been out. And there's been a lot of expectation on him and he hasn't delivered. It's the same reason why people are going in two footed on a 19 year old lad who last season couldn't get in Brackley's side. And now he is a problem. And 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 it's the same with let's talk about Jack Vale as well. And you know, they, we build people up. If Dylan Duffy had had five or six games and had turned in halves like he had against Reading in every one of those, we would have gone in on him as well. We don't need to have a scapegoat. We need to get through Northampton Town. We need probably get through Blackpool, and then we've got what ten days without a game. We might get some players fit. We might bring some players in. Mm. When Danny Mandroyu returns from injury, he comes back into this squad based on talent, based on nothing other than talent, and and because he is talented. I I one hundred percent agree with that. And look, I'd I'd love to know those that that say that he's got an attitude problem. Okay, it's an opinion, sure. But enlighten me, enlighten me as to where that has come from, because we don't know. We are not in the dressing room. That's where an attitude issue would be. It would be in the dressing room with all of the other players. I it's had come from. It's come from Mark Kennedy, hasn't it? Well, it has. <laughs> no, it has. It very much has. Um, but I had a. You know, I was going to call it a debate. It wasn't. It was a bit of an argument with somebody after the game on Tuesday, because they were sort of saying, obviously, Danny manjoy has got this really bad attitude problem, right? Okay, that's fine. Well, enlighten me. Explain to me. And then they say, oh well, when he gets the ball, he just looks like he's trying to do it all himself, and he's not passing, and and he's not sort of working for the team and all this, right? Okay, fine. But then two messages later, they they, they then turned around and um, made the comment that, oh well, he's just lazy. He never actually does anything for the team. You can't have it both ways. He's either trying to create it all or he's too lazy and doing nothing. Not both. And I, I just think it is. he has very much become a scapegoat, as has Joven, which I, I just find utterly ridiculous again. And I'm sorry, I, I do. I had, um, again, somebody I was having a conversation with in the pub on Friday night and they turned around and um, they said, oh, I'd much rather be playing hacks up there out of position. Well, hang on a minute. Everybody was calling for hacks to be taken off and for us to be starting Joven five, ten matches ago because we had this striker on the bench. Why isn't he playing? <laughs> we just can't seem to win unless we've got this world-class striker up top. Number nine is, without a doubt, the hardest position for you to find. We came into this season, or well, we came out of um, August, having three that we thought would be perfectly ample. Uh, ben House, for me, Ben House is a 20-goal-a season striker. Now, I had I put that out on Twitter the other day because uh, I was having a conversation with somebody. Ben House would be absolutely perfect in a Michael Skibala side. I really, really do believe that because of his pressing, because of his running. And I think if you had sort of a Ben House and a Danny Mandroy link up and then Rico Hackett, we'd be scoring for fun, as we saw in August. 
We were overachieving our XG because of that front three. And now people are slating Danny Mandroyo and saying that he's the problem in attack. No, the problem in attack is that we don't really have one. And that's got nothing to do, that's not slating or criticising Jack Vale, Jovan Makama, uh, Alistair Smith, who sometimes plays up there, Danny Mandroyo, Ted Bishop. It's not slating them. It's just saying that we're having to make a makeshift front three in almost every single match. But actually, when we've got a fully fit front three, we were scoring for fun. That was August. Unfortunately, the, the reason point. it went downhill is the attack. The other point I'll make about Danny Mandroyo is that um, he played the uh, most amount of forward passes for any of the players that was not a defender on um, on Tuesday. So our, our forward passes, you would expect TJ Omar, Podio O'Connor, Alex Mitchell, Sean Rowan all played um, between 10 and 15 forward passes. After that, it was Danny Mandroyo. So more forward passes, by the way, than Ethan Arahan, Ted Bishop and Ethan Hamilton. So he was trying to make things happen. Yeah. I, know, I know this is a passionate defence of a player who I absolutely believe has made two bad choices in this season and has cost us mm -hmm. two points. I think we would have drawn against Burton and I think we would have drawn against Bolton because I think that we were strong enough to keep goals out against both. So he's cost us two points, which wouldn't really impact us in the league at all at the moment. But um, no, it wouldn't be four points because we weren't winning those games, were we? So we'd only have one point more in each. I can see you looking. If we lose 1-0 to Burton, how many points do we get? Uh, yeah, yeah we gave them four points. There you go. That's how Yeah, but that's not what I said, went Charlie, was it? I know, but it, that's how it went in my head. I know. Do you wish you hadn't done that? <laughs> yeah. But for those who don't know, Charlie just held up four fingers as if to say he had cost us four points, not two. Sorry, I'll just compound that. But uh, no, that, that's the point, isn't it? And in, in actual fact, I think Manjoyu has had too much heaped on his shoulders. Um, I, yeah. I do think he's made some some bad choices, but you know, one like you just said, one you can't be lazy and do nothing one minute, and then uh, uh, kind of making stupid tackles. Now, you know, the tackle was stupid, but it was committed because he wanted to get the ball, not because he was lazy. I don't think Danny Mandroy has an attitude problem. I don't think that he's lazy. I just genuinely think he's made two bad choices. And immediately after a game, when there's a red card, you can go never play for the club again. Can you imagine what it would have been like? And you can't because you were not alive, in 1996 when Mark Hone was sent off after seven minutes for putting his studs in Paul Ellender's chest, if we'd had social media. And Mark did a lot more. He was a tough midfielder for us, but he was sent off in the first half of, I think, at least two games for Lincoln, because I think he was sent off in the first half against Wigan as well. Would they have then said he should never play again? Because he played, actually, a key role in us being promoted to the to the, um, to the the third tier at the time. So, you know, it's, it, it's just context. And I can I can understand why people get angry. I'm not criticising anybody for lashing out. And social media, unfortunately, gives everybody a platform for that immediate thought that comes to your head. And I was the same. That's why I don't do my write-up right on full time, because my first thought was, bloody hell, man, draw you. Honestly, it's time now. And I think I even wrote, if we go for a 3-4-3, three, three, we need three new players because you can't mm. rely on Danny Mandroyu. I calm down. And then it's like, well, actually... You can rely on him if you've got better players around him. He's, you know, we do need options so that actually we can drop him for a couple of games so he gets a kind of message. But he won't be available for Northampton. And that's what, if you're happy, we'll move on to in a moment. Yes, I, I just said I don't think he's available for the next four matches now, no, if I I'm not mistaken. So right. he won't be back till at least Peterborough on the 27th, which and obviously by won't. that point, hopefully we'll have had a lot of transfer activity. Done. Well, I'd like to see Rico Hackett. I'd like to see Rico mm -hmm. Hackett in the side by then, hopefully. Um, there's a strong suggestion Jack Moylan will be a key part of our team, and I, I would expect us probably to have 
somebody else in the team as well. But first of all, let's go to an ad break before we disappoint Walsall fans. Um, yeah, roll VT, Errol. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Not sure who the advert's for. I do know the McDonald's campaign is coming back in a, a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully me, uh, I'll be, be saving your health by putting you off McDelivery with my dulcet tones. Okay, so we said we were going to try and do 45 minutes. We're 30 minutes in already. We're going to hit an hour. I know we are. Um, we really just quickly want to talk um, about one other player. I mentioned Jack Moylan. He'll be available for Blackpool. We mentioned Rico Hackett. He's coming back to fitness. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't bring somebody in on loan. But then there's another player that's ours that might be coming back, uh, and that's Freddie Draper. Now, for those of you who um, did not hear Michael Scabala's post-match interview... Um, he was questioned uh, about Freddie Draper. Uh, and basically, I think it was Michael Horton uh, pointed out that Freddie had scored. Uh, and basically, Michael said, there's players that need to come back. I'm excited by some of the players that are coming back as well as going into the market. And Michael Horton then basically said, Freddie Draper? And he put, I'm talking about players that are our players that are injured or part of other clubs. We have to make decisions on those players because we're going to need some reinforcements in January. He, meaning Freddie, is one of our players, so we have to make the right decision for Freddie, but we have to make the right decision for the club at the moment as well. 10 goals, 18 starts. Over to you, Charlie. He's coming back. Um, yeah. it's... He's coming home. <laughs> Look, it... I would have probably been on the camp of keeping at Walsall if we still had fit strikers. And people are like, oh, yeah, well, he can only come back if he's getting minutes. I get that, but he's going to get minutes because with all due respect, who else? Jack Vale is clearly not quite as high up in sort of Michael Scubala's plans as maybe he'd like to have been. Joven, we've already said, Joven is not a League One striker. Now, I'm not saying that that means that Freddie Draper definitely is. I'm saying that Joven isn't, and Freddie is definitely above Joven in that pecking order. So he's coming back. It's as simple as that. Sorry, Warsaw fans. We hated it when uh, Forrest did it to, to uh, with Tyler Walker to us. Slightly different circumstances, but it was still the fact that they had a hole to fill. We've got a hole that needs filling. Freddie Draper's going to fill that hole. Well, I saw some Walsall fans discussing that they should try and buy him in the window and uh, that anything over £300,000 would be excessive for um, for a striker who was unproven in League One. What Freddie has over Joven is an entire season of uh, senior football. I think he's played 46 matches. And if I am, I might be wrong, give or take a match or two there. 
And I think he scored something like 18 goals. I think he's on 10 for Walsall and eight for Drahida. Um, he, I mean, just looking at, at some of his stats, so he's got 10 goals for Walsall. He's got two assists for Walsall. His XG is 8.28 at Walsall. So bear in mind, that's double. I've done some stats on the Stacey West Twitter today. That's double the top XG of any of our players. Um, I think bar Danny Mandroyo, who includes all penalties. Uh, you know, he's had 38 shots. His shot accuracy is 52.6%. There's only been two matches since he's been at Walsall where he hasn't had a shot. There's only been two matches since the 3rd of October where he hasn't had a shot on target. Um, look, he's not the answer to the problem, but when you're asking a question about not having a front line and you've got a 19-year-old in League 2 scoring all these goals, I didn't think he was coming back. I said it on the podcast two weeks ago. I didn't think he was coming back. But do you know what? I'm just, I think now Michael Scabala, having heard what, what he's got to say, he's coming back and... I wouldn't be surprised if Joven doesn't go out on loan. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Joven doesn't go out on loan to Ireland, personally. Yep, I agree. I do believe that we can still send Joven out on loan to Ireland as late as middle to end of February, can't we? Because I believe that's yep. when we did the other loan. So that will give us an opportunity to send Joven out at a little bit of a later date so that we've still got cover there if needed, which is, again, a, sort of a big point. Uh, and even if not, National League loan window can be up until the end of March, I believe. So no matter what, Joven will end up out at some point towards the end of the season when it's the right time for us. And this is the thing with Freddie Draper. This is the right time for us. We'd be looking at, we'd be wanting to to sign somebody like a Freddie Draper if he wasn't ours. We'd be using him as, a, as an example to the board, to, to Jez George, to Liam, whoever, and say, well, hang on, there's a 19-year-old that scored 10 goals in 18 games in League Two. Why don't we try and sign him? He's ours. We need to be using him. And I don't necessarily think it's going to happen by Blackpool. I think he's going to have New Year's Day at Warsaw still. The only reason I'm saying that is I wouldn't expect him to be recalled going straight into the squad, having not had any time on the pitch with sort of these players uh, in the sort of recent future. So I expect it to be Wickham. Um, Jack Moylan, another one as well. Michael Skibala said in one of his pre- or post-match interviews recently, when he was asked about Jack Moylan, he mentioned the 2nd of January rather than the 1st. So whether that means that for whatever reason he's not going to be able to be registered by then, I don't know. Or whether there's a reserve game on New Year's Day, they'd prefer to play him in or what, I'm not sure. Um, but there's a chance we may not see Jack Moylan at Blackpool either. Don't know on that one, but I'm just going off what Marcus Kabbalah said. Uh, but I think the 13th of January, the fact we've got that 12-day window is absolutely huge because we're going to have to be able to get a couple of these players in. We're going to have a whole new look front line. And that is a great thing for us going forward because it is what we need. And we're still sat in ninth place and we're going to be getting this, by the way. So... One thing's for certain, neither of them are going to be available for tomorrow's game today, if you're listening to it. Yesterday's, if you're really late to the party, uh, against Northampton Town. Um, Northampton Town, we've played there once already this season, uh, deep into injury time. Injury time that actually now probably wouldn't be given because it was during that hole. There's going to be 100 minutes at the end of every game. Um, we drew 2-2 after being 2-0 up, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, I said then they were too good to go down. As it's proven, they're now up and around us. Ben has been talking to Chesey from It's All Cobblers to Me, and he started off by asking them about a recent win against uh, promotion-hunting Oxford United. I'm Ethan Arahon, and you're listening to the Stacey West Podcast. But I think um, most recently, obviously, you know, beat Oxford 2-1, which was um, 
you know, Oxford came to the bank a few weeks back and I thought they were really, really impressive. Um, so, I mean, just, just tell us how, how that came about. Did, did Oxford have a, an off day or were you guys just on fire that day? Uh, well, we scored in the 97th minute <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was, it was fairly wild. Um, in the Peterborough game as well, even further back in the season, we scored in uh, literally the death. We we seem to, and we scored against you right at the death as well, back back along. We seem to be the creators of our own downfall, but able to to recover from that quite well. And what I mean by that is sometimes we'll really lose our way in the first 20 minutes of a game and find ourselves one or two nil down and then be able to claw something back. Um, there are other examples where we have just simply bossed a game and been able to work really hard for the points that we've earned but generally what we've been doing is we've been staying really competitive mm-hmm. a bar actually bar the other day by bar stevenage um bar portsmouth arguably and bar derby there there's the only three games that i can really think of where we haven't been competitive at all and that's quite important because i've always said uh, being in League One, as long as you are competitive, then you you give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. So that's quite important. I think we've done well in quite a lot of the games that we've we've had against higher opposition. But we're, what we're also starting to do is boss the games against the lower division. For example, we we beat Fleetwood really, really convincingly a couple of weeks ago, and that was crucial. I think because what we had then was we had Blackpool midweek, mm-hmm. and then Portsmouth. Now we lost the Portsmouth one. That was kind of inevitable. They're effectively a championship club in terms of quality, not necessarily budget wise, but just the quality they've got on the pitch. Um, but the Blackpool win that midweek was a massive turning point for us. That's when we started to all think, oh, we've maybe got something that we can work with here. Because before the Fleetwood and Blackpool games, I would say that we were looking at potentially, right, looking behind your shoulder quite a lot. But actually at the moment, we just seem to be focusing on where we are, which is mid-table and that's fine, and just concentrating on getting the next batch of points. Now, we didn't turn up against Stevenage at all, but that's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I mean, you know, obviously the, the reverse fixture earlier on in the season, two will draw away at uh, you know your place. Um, how are things evolved from from your side then i mean he's still i think it was i think you set up with a 433 that day um is it still much the same style much the same um personnel or if if, has there been maybe not sweeping changes but i'm guessing things have been tweaked here and there to kind of adapt to life in league one a bit more yeah, I think our styles evolved massively. I think you'll probably, if if they turn up, it's very rare that they don't turn up, but they, they didn't on Boxing Day. Um, but I do think that the evolution in the squad and, and the confidence, because we're very much a confidence team, it has changed drastically. Midfield is absolutely bossed by Mark Leonard. He's We've got him on loan from Brighton and he is by far and away our best player. Some people... Um, argue that he's the best player they've seen in a in a cobbler's shirt. Now I don't know. I've watched the cobblers for a really long time. I I don't think he's far off. I think mm. we've had some brilliant players. I don't think he's far off. And he, if he has a really good game game and he plays further forward, we get the formation so that he's further forward. Then we will be able to boss that midfield a little bit easier. Some real free flowing football. You've got Paddy B on the on the wing and his crosses can be pretty lethal and so can Mitch Pinnocks. So if they play and they play well and they compete well, you will have your hands full. That doesn't necessarily mean that we'll win because um, I know we were speaking off air about the fact that we're both uh, supporters of teams that seem to stagger a little bit once they get into yeah. the penalty area. 
I'm Ethan Hamilton, and you're listening to Stacey West Podcast. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Chezzy. So Northampton Town, um, certainly on a good run of form. I, I really like them, actually. In, mm. And when I say that, I don't mean like, ooh, look at Northampton. Yeah, I, they were a good side, I thought. And I thought they were particularly um, unlucky to be 2-0 down to Wills. I thought we were appalling in that second half um, earlier in the season. I said at the time they're going to be too good to go down. They're definitely not going down this season. So your your opinions on Northampton? They're a side that have really impressed me this season, actually. Um, and I was really impressed with them, like you say, actually, in that on that Tuesday night back in August. We definitely didn't deserve really to be 2 0 up, but it was kind of the way that the start of the season was going for us in the sense that we were able to, to score and we were quite clinical and probably overachieving where we actually were in that kind of first five, six matches. But they did come back, uh, and to be fair, a draw was a, f- a very, very fair result. In fact, it was probably a little bit uh, flattering on us in the in the grand scheme of things. It's, like I said, they are a really good side. They've got a front three that can punish us if we're not careful. They've scored the same amount of goals as us this season, but and they have conceded more, but they've scored seven goals in their last four. They've only failed to score in three of their last ten matches. Stevenage, Derby, Portsmouth. Three very, very top sides and top defensive sides. But they've actually only kept two clean sheets in that time. One of those was against Fleetwood, who were on a horrendous run. That was when they lost like 3-0, 4-0, 3-0, 4-0, back to back to back. Uh, And also Burton Albion, and that was before they sacked their manager. What stood out most for me when I was kind of looking through some of the stats and such previewing this game was their ability to win all different types of games, either when they have more of the ball than their opposition or less. Contrasting to us kind of last season, for example, at one point our wins came against sides where we had a maximum of 40% possession. I think that was against Barnsley, if I remember correctly. But uh, we we were only really able to win games where we didn't have the ball. This season... We've only had one win with more than 50% possession. That was Wickham Wanderers at home when we obviously beat them 3-0. Like I said, they seem to be really adaptable to their opposition. They can play a 3-4-3, a 4-3-3, It can be really, really fluid. And they have totally different shapes for in-possession and out-of-possession. That was something that me and Chris really noticed in the away leg, where one of their defensive midfielders in possession was effectively dropping back to create this back three, which gave the wing-backs licence to push forward. Like I said, they, they really seem like they're able to set up um, sort of differently against each opposition and it not be a detriment to them. Uh, Sam Hoskins, one of their attackers, is having an absolutely fantastic season. Uh, Mitch Pinnock as well is, is also a proper danger. Can I, I want to talk yeah, about Yeah, go on. Um, so actually, we first came across Mitch Pinnock. People might not realise we played for Dover um, when they beat us two nil in the uh, National League back in 2016-17. Mm-hmm. He came on as a sub that day. Um, he's had an interesting career. He's kind of he, he was a AFC Wimbledon for a while. Um, he was at Kilmarnock for a while. He really, really impressed me back in August. Um, and he's a player I think who has made himself one of the first names on the team sheet for them. He can play in the advanced midfield role, kind of like the the role that we expect Ethan Hamilton to play. He can play a little bit deeper. I've seen him play out wide. But they're both, like you mentioned Sam Hoskins, not a player I'm a massive fan of, but always seems to score against us. Patrick Brough has done really well. He's a former mm-hmm. imp as well, who, um, who who's kind of settled in. They've got a good side at Jordan Willis. Now, I, I haven't actually checked. Is that the Jordan Willis that was at Sunderland? I believe I so. Was he Shrewsbury as well? No. Um, no, no. Coventry, no. Sunderland and Wickham. Wickham, um, against it. 
good player. I mean, he had a lot of time at. They, let me tell you, Northampton Town are where we were last season or, or the season before, in that they, they yeah. they're a team that they've okay, they've they've come up this season. I get that, but this isn't for me a first season bounce. You now, Exeter had the first season bounce, and you looked at them mm. and thought they're going they're going to crumble. John Brady's built a good side here. Bear in mind, this side should have come up two years ago and were only robbed on the last day because Scunthorpe played all their kids and Bristol Rovers won 7-0. Otherwise, Northampton would already have been promoted. Um, so for me, Northampton Town are going to be a staple of League One for the next three or four years. They're going to be aspiring to knock on the door of the top six. Make no mistake, people might look at this and go, this is one we should be winning. Granted, yes, you'd look at... You'd, I, I understand that entirely. yeah. But we did that against Reading and there's no way we should have been. We've had a, a horrific run of games because we've played three of the informed teams from lower down in the table in Wigan, Reading and now Northampton. We've played promotion chasers in Derby, um, Bolton and Blackpool. It's, it's, it's a run of six games, which is so, so tough. When you think before that, we played Leighton Orient, mid-table fodder, Cambridge, mid-table fodder. You know, we were playing teams you're expected to get results against. I hoped that we would get four to six points out of the Christmas period. I cannot see us taking six points out of the next two games. I'm not going to say a draw against the Northampton would be a good result because it it, it wouldn't in context of the overall season. Mm-hmm. i tell you something, it's a game that we're going to have to be a lot lot better going forward in order to win. I can see this being shared shared points. I, I would probably agree with that assessment. And for the record, I actually think a point against Northampton would be a good result in the sense that it then means that they're, they're, only, they're a team in, I think they're 11th place um, at the minute. They're, so it means that they wouldn't be gaining any points on us. And that's the sort of thing that I'd be more than happy with at this stage of the season. You know, we've already spoke about the fact we are very much kind of holding out for January. Um, they are they are very much a team that on the monthly show at the end of November, I picked out as one of the ones I was actually most worried about going into the month of December, even though we had all of these fantastic sides that we were sort of playing against. I just felt like at home to Northampton, it's a game where the expectation is to win. But I think the realistic expectation is that we're going to very much struggle. And that's kind of, it's when it's that sort of difference in opinion, if you like, where I think obviously things can sometimes turn a little bit sort of ugly on social media. And that's when you start getting a bit of a split fan base. And that's the sort of thing that we definitely don't want at the minute. Um, so like I said, I'm really, really worried. For the record, Jordan Willis, the reason I said Shrewsbury, he was on trial at Shrewsbury in the summer when we all thought he was on trial with us. I remember there was that game. I think we were away at Kings Lynn. Um, we thought that he was on trial with us, but Shrewsbury had him on trial there as well. Uh, so there was just that bit of confusion. I remember that day. So just redeeming myself. <laughs> well, you say that, you say that. Uh, do you know what? Actually, when you said Jordan Willis, my first thought was Shrewsbury as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did. I did wonder. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one, I think, against Northampton, and I, I fear that it could be a toxic evening mm. because I don't think we're going to be free flowing. We're not going to be attacking. We're going to no, not got Danny Mandroyu. I mean, who who do we start? It's nearly got to be Dylan Duffy. Um, I, I, Joe, and again, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I think Skavar has got to go caution to the wind and go Vale or Keeper Delican and Duffy and try and play wider forwards in a 3 4 3. Um, or even depending on whether who's fit and who's not, I'd even be tempted to um put Lass on the front line <laughs> and Jack Borras at right back. And do you know what? I think this is a game, and he's a player that's had criticism, he looks to be out of favour. I think it's a game for Jordan, uh, for Brown. 
because yeah, uh, I, I said Jordan. I don't. Is it Jordan Brown? Jaden. Jaden Brown. There we go. I knew. Do you know what I said? Jordan. I'm thinking. No, it's not Jordan Brown. That's sure. my illness. Um, yeah, I think it's a game for Jaden Brown because if we if we need the one thing that we we people are criticising is that we're not creating chances. Okay. So whether you can say that that's because of the number nine and the positioning, but you should still, if the defence and the midfield are working as well as everyone's saying, the argument that you will get back, quite rightly so, is, well, we should still be putting the ball in the box, and we haven't been doing that. We should still be creating chances for the players to miss. We haven't been doing that. So if we want to do that at home, against the team who, by in mind, went 5-4-1 against Stevenage, so they went as negative to Stevenage as we did at mm -hmm. home against Bolton. So if they're going to come to us and go, well, you know, we can take a point from this and be quite tight and compact, which you would looking at how they've done away recently, that's something they might consider. There's a big argument for us getting high, high fallbacks. So there's actually, a, if, we, if we're going to keep playing the compact forward line, which I know that's in contrast to what I've just said, but if we are going to play, let's say Joven, and we're going to play Ted Bishop and then try and get Ethan Hamilton there and, or maybe Ali Smith there, something like that, we've got to get these wingbacks further forward. And I don't think Sean Rowan is an attacking wingback. Jack Burroughs, whilst... I'm I'm still on the fence a bit about Jack Burrows, if I'm honest. Okay. I haven't seen I haven't seen him make the impact on the left that Lass has made on the right. And if we that's the whole game plan, you know, we're not just trying to play it to Lass on the right. We want the same options on both wings. I don't see that we've got that. For me, it's especially with the transfer window coming up, he's got no I don't think there's any reason not to go, right, Jade, and go out and show us what you can do. And by the way, if he's shit, have no then fear in in, in in pushing him out, but mm. he's an attacking left back. He was at Sheffield Wednesday. He was at Spurs. You know, he's going to be half decent on the ball. We've got for me. I think we've got to see him. I can understand him not playing against Bolton, hundred percent. But he was on the yeah. bench for me. Tomorrow's the game. Jaden Brown, you heard it here first. <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. And it's funny you mentioned um, sort of maybe moving a last up to right wing because that was very much one of my thoughts as well. Although I don't expect Jack Burrows to be fit, considering Skubala said it was a a slight pull on his hammy. So I'm a little bit worried that this may be a little bit of time on the sidelines for Jack Burrows, which then kind of leaves us a little bit sort of weak in those areas of the pitch as well. Okay. I took so question. So question then. So do you play TJ Ioma there if Adam Jackson is got over his illness? Well. This this is what I was about to say. I oh, my apologies, I, I, Charlie. No, 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 no. I would I would throw total caution to the wind because these two games are like a little end of season thing, if you like, because we've got a winter break that's sort of fallen into our laps. I'd throw total caution to the wind, four three three or something like that, and we'd have TJ at right back, uh, whoever plays left back, two centre halves, and last on the right wing, and I. And, and then Duffy on the left wing so that you've got wingers rather than kind of tucked in inside forwards. Genuinely, I'd throw total caution to the wind and just do something like that. I don't think anyone's going to argue that playing wingers would be a good idea. We don't have them because, I, you know, Hakeem Delican is a winger, but I've never yeah. seen him do fantastic things on the wing. But yeah, Duffy, we've got to find a way to get more out of Ali Smith because I think he's a good player. Mm -hmm. I think eventually Skubala will go 4-2-3-1 and I think it'll be a 4-2-3-1 with two wide players and a, a kind of a 10 behind a 9, which is where we've said Mandroyu might play. But yeah, he's got to try something different. Well, look, it's been a good podcast. It's been an enjoyable podcast. I didn't think I was going to be able to get through it and hopefully it's, it's put me in a position where I'll be a lot happier tomorrow when we speak to Harvey. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
thank you very much for listening we have gone nearly to the hour which i knew that deep down we probably would mm. um i will hope to see you at sinsel bank tomorrow if we don't we will be speaking to harvey that'll be out tomorrow afternoon stroke evening so make sure you listen to that otherwise this is the last official podcast before the new year so just want to thank everybody for all of their support in 2023 they've had a fantastic year right the way back from january when it was uh when Jake was on board and thank Jake for his hard work in 2023. And then obviously since um, since we've come through the summer, um, we've really ramped it up. I think we hit 1,500 subscribers on YouTube yesterday, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I'd like personally just to thank all of my Stacey West teammates, um, Ben, obviously, uh, who, who started the podcast, Charlie and Chris uh, for everything they do. Um, but we will be back. Well, tomorrow we'll be back, but we'll be back with a proper um, Stacey West podcast in 2024. The monthly show will be back in 2024. Fingers crossed that some other things will be back as well. House, Hackett, Walker, and most of all, Big Freddie D. Up the imps. Up the imps. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.